BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a title match, a family therapy session, and an emotional tribute to Jay Briscoe. It's the Wrestling Inc. AEW Dynamite After Show. I'm Jack Farmer. I'm being joined by the Spar with Labar champion, Justin Labar, and the legendary referee, Jimmy Corderas. Fellas, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, let you take it away. Triple J all week here. Yeah, it, 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 you know, it doesn't get much better than this, that's for sure. Triple J dominant. Some bloodline yeah. style Triple J dominant. There you go. Acknowledge <laughs> us. Yes. You hear that? All the other podcasters, even if you're not a wrestling podcast, right? Acknowledge us. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> even, even if you're a even if you're a uh, true crime prod podcast, acknowledge us. <laughs> so <laughs> uh man but uh yeah good good stuff us three together as everyone settles in and finds their seats by the way if you are settling and find your seat find your seat like comment share subscribe do all that good stuff you know what you know the drill make make yourself heard hit the like button uh justin how you doing today i'm good i'm good it's uh as we were talking just before we started the recording it's been a weird weather day woke up to snow and by the end of the day it was 45 degrees snow and melted so Weird and wacky there. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to Royal Rumble with you guys uh, as we're back Saturday night. And I was looking forward to tonight's show. I uh, knew it would be emotional. I uh, knew that it would be one of, the, again, m- much like things were online uh, about a week ago when the tragic passing had happened um, eight days ago. I-, I knew tonight again would have a little bit of that come together as a community. Uh, you know, two guys who are going to shake hands, they're going to beat the hell out of each other in the ring for the sake of a good pro wrestling match but it would all come uh, down to tears, respect, and just uh, appreciation for each other. And that's what happened. And obviously we'll get to it when we get to that main event. But uh, yeah, uh, a lot to be uh, a lot to be thankful for uh, this week and looking forward to talking about all of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Jimmy, how about you? Anything, uh, anything newsworthy? Uh, other than we didn't get the uh, up and down weather like, uh, like Justin got. We got snow. 
plenty of it and it did not melt. It's just, uh, uh, boy, I, I got my workout in today. Let's just put it that way with the, with the shovel, with, with uh, a lot of getting my steps in. And like you said, uh, Justin has been uh, a very emotional uh, night tonight. Uh, and we will get to talk about that, but uh, um, we'll also give our honest critiques too when the, when necessary. So it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult show in that regard where, you know, you, you feel bad critiquing something, especially after that emotional moment we saw at the end. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. We, uh, we got a lot of stuff to chat about. I'll say weather wise, you guys may have snow and ice and all that, but it's, you guys don't know how hard it is to be in the shade and it being 56 degrees, but then in the sun feeling kind of warm, it's brutal. It's just brutal. How do you handle it? I mean, mean, you turn a fan on or don't you? That's what, that's the world I got to live in. That real Jack, that real Jack farmer hair would not survive this, uh, this East coast weather that Jimmy and I are dealing with. Yeah. And not only that, at least, (laughs) at least you have some, some, uh, coating up there to help keep, (laughs) you know, if the cold (laughs) off, but you know, it's, as we call it up here, it's, it's took season. I, you know, if I was in the weather you guys are in, all the product in my hair would just turn to a giant ice cube, I think. And it would just freeze on my head like a helmet. And then when you come in the house, it all melts and you're drenched. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have to, (laughs) I'm glad I don't have those problems. But let's talk about a little bit of news that uh, came out. We always like to start with some news. And this one comes to us from the nature boy himself, Ric Flair, who says, he doesn't think that it makes a lot of sense for Dwayne The Rock Johnson or Stone Cold to show up at WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, uh, stating that uh, The Rock never stops. He's great at what he does, uh, and he's always working with Hollywood, and he's got obligations to the XFL. Uh, he also says, obviously, The Rock looks like a million dollars, as does Steve Austin, uh, but that has nothing to do with being in ring shape. Um and basically just kind of goes on to say, why would he do it? Uh, Justin Labar, I see you laughing. What's uh, What do you think about all this? I bet about being in ring shape. Well, how can, how can we not talk about this? We, we can't talk about this and not recognize the comical irony in Rick frickin' Flair saying, oh, no, guys, you don't need to come back and have a match. <laughs> you know, so... Um, I mean, I, I think I get some of what he's saying, but I mean, look, uh, if they're going to come back, they're going to come back the same reason that everybody comes back. The almighty dollar. They they have they have such credibility. They have such a resume that they can command multi-million dollars for a single match. Uh, and it's L.A. It's 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 it is it is Hollywood. And they and both The Rock and to uh, an extent himself, Stone Cold, are Hollywood. So there's just so many, you know, and then. And then never mind, start going into wrestling X's and O's of, of it's the Rock's family or it's a, you know, a, a, you know maybe somebody for, for Austin to dig up history with. So, I mean, Rick's entitled to his opinion, but I find it very funny <laughs> of all people to say, uh, you don't need to come back for a match at a bit yeah. the biggest show of the year. Yeah, well, Jimmy, Ric Flair, he, he did. He went on to say that uh, obviously he doesn't need the money. And if he did it, I don't see him doing the favor. And why would he? Why would he do a favor at WrestleMania in his hometown? Um, kind yeah. of, kind of an interesting point. I mean, if he doesn't need the money and he doesn't, you know, why come back to lose? 
What say you? You know, I kind of half get that point. But at the same time, anybody who's been anyone in this industry, (laughs) when it's WrestleMania, it doesn't matter whether you uh, are the biggest Hollywood star or anything. You love coming back and you and The Rock is a businessman, first and foremost. And he knows that there are going to be a lot of eyes on him at this event if he is there. We still don't know for sure. There's a lot of rumors and speculation and a lot of innuendo out there. But at the same time, whether it's The Rock, who's the biggest star in the, <laughs> seemingly in the world right now, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when you're trying to bring fans back, these are two names that would definitely attract back that audience that you're you're trying to reestablish and get them on board with the current talent and 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 as far as the, the he said that he doesn't see the rock doing the favors that's what he said i i disagree with that i you know uh, far be it for me to disagree with the nature boy woo but uh you know like i said rock is a businessman and he knows going forward that roman reigns is the future and he's going on to other things so you know i could i could see him definitely uh, giving the rub to his uh, bloodline uh, relative. And I'd go as far to say that, um, again, we don't know for sure. Yeah, hopefully we'll know here in the, in the next week. Mm-hmm. But I would go as far <laughs> to say is that if The Rock is going to have a match with uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, <clears throat> if Triple H <laughs> even pitched to The Rock, I want you to come in, you're going to work the Mania match against Roman, you're going to beat him. I would go as far to say that The Rock would say, no, I'm only doing it if Roman beats me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that, that the rock would now whether or not that's the final answer of what ended up happening, but I could see that being the rock's reaction. Like the whole point of me, whole point, of, you know, the rock, the rock is the rock. The whole point of using me is to further cement the work that Roman has done and the and, and, and the and the attention and time you guys have you and him have collectively put into his story for the last nine hundred days or whatever it's been. Uh, what what's the point of me coming in to beat him only to go back to Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I, I'm so torn. This is the beauty of pro wrestling is I'm so torn. Like there's a part of me that could easily see it being like, yeah, he's too busy. He can't, he doesn't have time for this. He's, he's on to other things, but there's that other part of me. Maybe it's just the wrestling fan in me. That's like, but it'd be so cool if he came back. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I just, I hope I want it to happen. I mean, if, if I hear his theme music and he comes out, I will astro project myself to wherever that stadium is if i'm not there physically i don't know what would happen i'm gonna lo- i'd lose my mind it'd be the coolest thing ever I'm- let me yeah. ask you guys both this because I, I i didn't this is something i thought i thought about after our, our monday night show and this might be the last time i have a chance to ask you guys this on the air because after saturday we might know yeah, this question might this question might be moot right we might know mm-hmm. <clears throat> let me ask you this if going into wrestlemania the advertised match is not The Rock. If The Rock is not advertised for a match, but then WrestleMania comes and The Rock makes a surprise appearance to get involved in Roman's match, will you be upset? And I ask on this reason, because if The Rock can make his schedule available for him to be there on that night, to me, that's enough to do have him do the match because you don't need to have The Rock on every week on Raw or SmackDown leading up to mania you just you just don't just his name and, and, and presence alone and a recorded video from an iphone is enough roman could do all the t- roman with all of his pieces with sammy the usos solo they can do all the all the all the build they need to do and then you have video package of the rocks so let me ask you if the rock shows up as a surprise at mania 
are you mad? And do you go, man, this this should have been him in a match? I'm, I, I would go as far as to say I wouldn't be mad, but I would be very disappointed because it would be a wasted opportunity. And like I said, trying to attract back that audience. And like you said, Justin, oh, he doesn't have to show up every week. Like he said, a, a quick little uh, promo video from his phone in the gym working out. Look, look, look where I am. Roman, you know me, you know, I'm coming for the gold, whatever the, you know, yeah. if you smell what the rock is cooking or what, you know, hit every catchphrase and everything. And, and you, again, you're looking to draw that audience. Yes. WrestleMania does sell tickets, but WrestleMania and the rock. Yeah. And, and Jack, I mean, to keep this in mind and you know, this being out in LA, the rock is going to be doing media anyways to promote the XFL launching, to promote whatever other million projects he has. So he'll be able to then cut a promo on a ton of media uh, stops anyways that is going to get picked up and the WWE will gladly run clips of. Uh, so like he can do his build in Hollywood. Say, I'm waiting, Roman, I'll be right here at the airport waiting for you. I'll, I'll open the door for you. Come on into my town. In fact, that almost be better build is him mentioning it during other interviews for people who want to talk to him about movies, you know, on entertainment tonight or whatever the different things are. But to the original question about being, uh, I'm with, I'm with Jimmy. I, I wouldn't be angry, but I'd be a little disappointed because there's already that little, you know, part of the back of my mind that's like, could he beat The Rock? You know, The Rock's mm -hmm. already in there. And to know they were so close, and if it didn't happen... I'd be disappointed a bit like when the Miz beat Cena at WrestleMania and you're like, yeah, but I kind of see Cena, the rock, you know? And like, that was kind of the lingering thing. I feel like that would just happen if the rock showed up and then didn't have yeah. the match. I mean, I'd be happy. Don't get me wrong. I mean, in the moment I'd be like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I say that every WrestleMania, this is the greatest WrestleMania ever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I guess kind of like when uh, Stone Cold was the ref for Goldberg versus Lesnar the whole time. I was thinking, I kind of want to yeah. see Stone Cold versus these guys. Right. Um, right. But I wouldn't be mad at it, you know. Um, but as we as we continue on, this mm -hmm. is where I like to shout out the chat. Let me hear you. Blue Chew, George Bartley, Kyle McVeigh, uh, Prit Paul Singh. We also got Jakey Bakey and... Uh, night one and Daniel Price and Jeroy J and RJ and Ryan and Donald and everyone else. Thank you guys. Jeremy Crockett so much for being in the chat. We appreciate it. Corey Pry by the way, Tina Miller uh, showing up. Always good to see you, Tina, Ricky, and everyone else. Appreciate you guys for being here. Like, comment, share, subscribe, five-star review while you're at it. Uh, leave a little comment in there as well. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're counting these now. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta go in there. Even if you're yeah. in the chat, I appreciate it. Just once the show's over, hit the comment button and be like, this is a great show. Five star. And shout out and shout out. Uh, he was on Twitter. Uh, I hope I pronounce this correctly. Uh, Yash or Yash. Uh, but he had tweeted the other day, uh, big fan of the uh, triple J podcast. And he's from India checking out oh, the podcast. Cool. Uh, cool. pretty, pretty, pretty regularly. It seems. And he gave me his, uh, his lengthy pitch of the next 12 months of how you could do some WrestleMania booking. So shout out oh, to, tremendous. to fans in India. Yes, oh. absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. And we, uh, Aaron, Mick, Stephen camp, uh, Ricky Zaldivar, uh, is it George and, uh, is it George or Jorge? I never know how to say it. Let me know if I'm saying it right. Nicholas and everyone else, uh, Neo as well. Appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for being in the chat. Let us know what you thought of the show as we mm -hmm. chat all about it. 
As we get into it, we got Action Andretti and Ricky Starks teaming up against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Lively crowd to start things off. Uh, and Andretti and Guevara do a lot of great high-flying stuff with the crowd. Really wanted to see Jericho and Ricky. Exciting matchup that breaks down eventually with Ricky and Chris on the outside. And Daniel Garcia using the bat on Andretti to set up the win for Sammy. Um Jimmy Corderas, you seem exasperated. <laughs> no, it's look, I I enjoyed the match. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the match very much. I love the hot start. I love that they get right into it because as soon as they came up from the in, uh, the opening intro, they're Jericho and crew are already heading down to the ring. You know, they're getting right into it. And they're having this this a good match and they're helping the young guys get over as Jericho has been doing lately. But they use the bat, okay, which I don't have a problem with because that's what heels do. But the bat sets up the selling into the finish. You got a bat to the head. That should be the finish. There's the heat. You know what I mean? It's kind of, I don't know. It's overthinking, I think, sometimes. You know, we talk about, you know, I talk about all the time, and you've heard it how many times, and you're probably sick of hearing the twisting, burning 450 hammer phoenix splash not being a finish. With a baseball bat. Yeah, do it with a bat and it only sets up, you know, going into another move. That's that's the only issue I had with it. Let the heat be the bat because that's why it's there. Didn't we establish, Jimmy, a few weeks ago that a bat doesn't finish anymore? I can't remember if it was this show or, or Rob. Didn't we uh, Didn't we establish that bats don't finish matches anymore? It's like, well, a, it's like a chop at this point. Yeah, bats, uh, hammers, uh, all that stuff. Uh, People just, well, you're wait, supposed uh, to woo uh, after you get hit with that. Uh, Hall of Fame ring works, though, or, or, you know, whatever. And, Jimmy, I thought the irony, too, was I thought that where we sometimes um, get on them about the ridiculous, over-elaborate ways to try to distract the ref or lack thereof or whatever, I thought it was actually very smooth the way the ref was briefly distracted. Um, Daniel Garcia with the bat, he was quick, he was smooth. Like, it was, it was a nice, fluid transition, but, like, to your point, Boom! It's like they had they almost had the entire recipe, and then they flubbed at the end. Like you said, then it's like no, let let it just be it. Let it let that be it. Why do we have to have another wrestling move? Right. Yeah. What was um? I didn't write that. Was it a, was it his? He hit his finisher afterwards, right? Maybe he was just trying to get his finisher in. Uh, Sammy Guevara, right? It's like the uh, I can't remember what he calls it, but it's it's like a go to sleep variation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, apparently, a baseball bat's not enough to do it. No. So. Um. Yeah, so all that aside, I what I the one thing I took away from this is I feel like it's very clear where a lot of this is going. And it feels like a lot of, of stuff was done here, whether it be Daniel Garcia continuing to be the intern, so to speak, of uh Sammy Guevara and of course Ricky Starks versus Jericho building up, and I think Andretti versus Guevara or Garcia is happening somewhere in there as well. I I, I liked a lot of that. The thing I was thinking about when I was looking at this, and Jimmy, you alluded to this. I was thinking to myself, I don't know if Jericho gets enough credit for the way he works with people to help them get more known on a national stage. I was I was just thinking through, like, I mean, Orange Cassidy beat him. MJF beat him. Eddie Kingston beat him. Jungle Boy beat him. Moxley, while he was still becoming known in AEW, beat him. Mm -hmm. Ricky Starks beat him. Action Dreddy beat him. And then all the people in his stables, like Proud and Powerful, 2.0, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia. Do we? I, maybe I just don't see it as much as other people, but I feel like I, more credit needs to be given to Chris Jericho for 
kind of going out of his way and working with people who aren't known on a national level to make them known on a national level. Justin, am I digging here? No, that, <clears throat> I think that was the very, excuse me, I think that was the very um, foundation of, of him being an AEW from the beginning. Uh, and, and we, and we, they started dynamite with him um, and, 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 and his first day we had, you know, it, I guess it was at the inner circle. Um, I'm trying to remember them all now. Uh, but that was, the, <laughs> that was, that was the whole point is, is he's, you know, he signed what I think he is going on record of saying, you know, the most lucrative contract in his wrestling career, a uh, multi-year deal with AEW. And he was tasked, obviously he was the most credible person on the roster. He was tasked with bring up this next generation, bring up this next wave of guys and girls who, relatively speaking are unknown um yes they might have been an mlw or, or some really good independent promotions but relatively speaking they have not been on major television consistently uh in, in north america so that's what he's tasked with and that's why he's been in the stable non-stop and it's why the most of his stables with the exception of jake hager consist of guys and girls that he that are that, that you know first time ever you know being on, on tv um mm-hmm. like 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 they are every week of dynamite that's his whole role though that that's that, 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 that's the point my only gripe is I kind of wish this Ricky Starks thing was before Ricky Starks had the title shot with MJF, but I feel like that was, I, I, I don't know if there was, I, I don't know. I'm sure there was a reasoning for it, but, uh, but Jimmy, what say you? No, I, I, I agree completely with Justin and, and, and I can't speak for Jericho, but at the same time, I think I know his thought process and he realizes that at this point in his career, at this juncture, he, can do all this and get all these guys over without going over himself and not lose any credibility, any steam, any heat, whatever you want, whatever term you want to use, because you hear it every time he comes out. Yes, it is that audience that has bought all into it, uh, that, that program, but still they're chanting, they're singing along to that Jericho song. And, and, and during his matches, they react to pretty much everything he does in the ring. So, I don't know what he can do to make them stop doing, uh, reacting to anything. He could, he could probably just walk out there, ding, 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 lay down and let somebody pin him and walk out and people still love him. He's at the point now where he can't be buried. Uh, We got a few uh, chat. Now, Tina, I wanted to to point you out here uh, with the comment. Eddie means nothing now after a story with Jericho. I would say though, I don't know if that's on Jericho. I mean, I don't know how things, or work over an AEW, but I, I don't know if that's on Jericho, uh, what Eddie Kingston's doing right now in, in AEW. No, that, that, that he falls in the same category as Wardlow. And it, yeah. it, it was just a ball drop and missed opportunity after, yes, you know, Eddie beat Jericho, but uh, where'd they go after that? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Tommy O with a super chat. I want to make sure I get in here. Uh, Rumble prediction number 25 will be Pat McAfee and whoever he throws out, he will feud with at mania book it. I think he's going to eliminate Brock Lesnar. So, okay. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would actually pay to see that. <laughs> that, that would be, I mean, that would be, that would be like a reminiscent of like a, a Maven drop kicking undertaker and eliminating undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> That was such a, I remember that was when Maven eliminated the undertaker. I remember thinking like, did they mess up? Like what <laughs> happened here? Can they get a redo? Is that supposed to happen? See, uh, we just, we just spent a few minutes talking about a veteran doing all this stuff to try to help elevate youngsters. Taker did that one, did elimination. And uh, where's Maven at today? He's not in the hall of fame. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
I don't, yeah, I don't know what he's up to, but, uh, but there you go. That, that's the other thing. At least Jericho's making these, these wins believable. Whereas Maven eliminating the undertaker, nobody bought it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and plus Maven got, got obliterated after that happened by the undertaker. Also, uh, we, we got a quick, uh, video package here. We'll obviously talk about Briscoe here later on in the match a, a bit more. Uh, and we also got, and it goes right in with a super chat. We just got in from Corey pride, uh, rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. Nobody since bruiser Brody made me believe like dem boys. Uh, Jimmy. This, yeah. Yeah. Bruiser Brody. Uh, and I've always said the thing about the Briscoes is they're one of those teams that I always question like, is, is that who they are? I, I've never met them. They could be that way exactly. Or they could be totally different. I don't know, but I really believe they are who they are, uh, it, uh as they're presented on TV, but uh, Jimmy watched this video package. You know, they say you can't take it with you, but you can leave it behind. And it appears Jay Briscoe has left quite the legacy, the impact uh, and the memories on a lot of people. Absolutely. He has. And, and I've had, like I said before, I've had the pleasure of meeting them. I'm, uh, we weren't, we weren't friends because I only, uh, you know, uh, worked on the same show as them a couple of times. You know, and it, always polite, always respectful, uh, sh- you know, really friendly and 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 just seemed like a good dude. And the, that guy and the guy you saw in the ring were just, to me, two completely different people. But the guy I saw in the ring, you know, prior to meeting him, you know, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'd be, I don't know what I would do if I ran into this guy. And then when mm-hmm. I ran into him, I'm like, man, this guy's completely different from the guy we see out in the ring. And that's the beauty of it. He, him and, and his brother, Mark, were able to make people believe mm-hmm. that the people they saw on television were who they were. And that's just a credit to them, you know, and, and like, um, like everyone's saying, rest well, uh, Jay, and uh, thank you. You say he was totally different. I still believe he was like whatever I saw in the ring. But uh, Justin, your thoughts on this and just the, the mammoth task of the video editing team to have to take 20 years of wrestling and find a way to put it into a video package. It was nicely done. And I, I, I couldn't help but think to myself and I, I tweeted something to the effect to this effect, which was, um, you know, this is one of those ones where I'm like, you know what, obviously the death is tragic. The details around the death are tragic. And I'm, but I'm like, you know, thank, I'm really glad that Tony Khan and this, and for this situation, I'm really glad that Tony Khan, is the owner of Ring of Honor, and it is the owner of that tape library because that tape library contains so much of Jay Briscoe's career. And so Tony Khan had had, had had really good access to really good footage to have something put together versus, you know, it, it, we don't want this tragedy to happen anyways, but if this tragedy is going to happen, if that's, if that's you know, and, and mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is still owned by St. Clair Broadcasting, it's just sitting, the footage is just sitting away in a closet somewhere. And, you know, so it was just nice that on a, on a TV show, on a wrestling TV show, the second biggest one um, in America that gets you know, almost a million people a week watching. It was nice that they could remember this guy who obviously made an impact on the business and other people in the business. So that's what I thought was, you know, this is really, this is, you know, I questioned when Tony Khan bought ROH, like, do you need another brand? Blah, 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 blah. That's not important at this moment. What is important at this moment is that the fact that he does have it. Uh, I thought that the other thing I thought, um, so it's again, cool that Tony Khan fought as hard as it seems he did uh, internally, uh, apparently with the network to get this Jay Briscoe tribute uh, show to happen and to get Mark Briscoe on and, and, and wrestle uh, to shoot again, to pay tribute to, to the, the passing of Jay. Um, I, I guess it just, it sucks that it took 
it, it sucks that it took this tragic death for to spur then Tony to have to fight as hard as he did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's like you know, man, it would have been cool to see the Briscoes on AEW Dynamite, and of course, you know, so it. it I thought that I was like, you know, it's cool that Mark's going to be out there tonight, but it's like, man, you know, it's unfortunate that they they never got the Briscoes never got to be on AEW Dynamite. Right. It's uh, it's one of those things that I have a feeling Tony Khan was under the assumption that they'd be with Ring of Honor for a while, and he'd get to use them on Ring of Honor for a while and sort of prove the kind of people they really are to Warner Brothers, and then eventually bring them to to AEW, but. One of those just terribly sad reminders that sometimes you don't get it tomorrow, and sometimes that does that opportunity doesn't happen. And so I, I don't know what Tony Khan's plan was, but I agree with you, Justin. Sad that they didn't get to be on AW, but it's also great that Tony Khan was able to at least get this for them. And yeah, the, the library is not just sitting on a shelf getting dusty somewhere where no one will see it ever again. Um, In your busy day-to-day life, the last thing you should need to worry about is home security. That's why I use the Eufy Video Lock. The Eufy Video Lock is a 3-in-1 smart lock, 2K camera, and doorbell. That's three functions to triple your security in one device that's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. And it's not just for security, it's also convenient. With keyless entry, fingerprints unlock the door in less than a second. You can also assign passwords to your family members and see them coming and going with the integrated camera. See who's at your door anytime with the enhanced night vision, 2K clear sight, and two-way audio. Unlike other brands, the Eufy Video Lock has no monthly fee. It also has an 18-month warranty and customer support on standby 24-7. I love this lock when I'm far from home or receiving a package and I'm laying on the couch and don't feel like getting up. For more information, search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can get complete control of your door. So... We'll talk about that a bit more, uh, obviously, as we go on. Uh, we'll transition now to a TNT championship match. Um, Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews. Uh, Darby <clears throat> Allen coming off of a the last match Great Mood has ever had. Uh, Buddy Matthews wearing the Darby Allen-esque face paint this time around. Pretty cool matchup. Uh, lights go out. House of Black arrives. Uh, but they get fought off by Sting and Ortiz. And once it's one-on-one, we get a bunch of big moves with Darby hitting the coffin drop and getting the win. After the match, Tony goes to interview Darby, but Samoa Joe has a video message saying he's going to beat the brakes off of Darby. Uh, Jimmy, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's still relatively new. But so far, what would you rate uh, Darby Allen's TNT title run? It's, uh, man, I still, I'm, uh, I'm still, you know, on the fence with it. Because I, I want to see the rematch with him and and Samoa Joe. I, you know, the, obviously the match was actually pretty good. Other than the interruption in the middle, I thought it was a little bit too much with having you know, uh, you know, House of Black come out and have the the interaction. It, it just, I don't know. I, I thought it wasn't necessary. These guys were having a pretty good match. They were doing a lot of crazy stuff to each other, and looked like they were doing some real damage to each other. Some of those spots were unreal. But um, it, it, it only, I, the thing that stuck out to me most was at the end when Joe showed up on the screen and cut that promo. And it, it made me want to see that and kind of took me out of the match I just saw, if that makes any sense. You know, it's, it's like that old saying, the last thing you see is the last thing you remember. And after that match, that was the last thing I saw. 
And that's what stuck in my head more than anything. And I do want to see the match with, with Darby and Joe, but it, 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 the match itself was, was good. It just, I don't know. It, I don't know how, yeah, to follow, it, how to continue this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a pretty good match. And, and, and this match reminded me of it and several others. Uh, if you sit front row uh, at those guardrails at AEW, you better have some knee pads on uh, the way they mm-hmm. go barreling into these uh, barricades. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Jimmy to the point of in my notes here was, you know, the the whole blackout lights back on um, and House of Black is surrounding Sting. It wasn't really necessary. But OK, if you're going to do it, then at least make it look good. I don't know if this is a lack of communication prior to or or if they, if, if 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 the if the production truck thought the House of Black was coming in through the crowd and going to get into the ring because lights go out. You know, commentary selling what what could be going on. Lights come back up. We're still in the hard cram shooting the ring when obviously the entire reveal is on the outside. It's mm-hmm. Sting standing on the outside looking up at the House of Black that's standing there at the ramp. So, it what better way to just kill the the horror movie uh, when the lights come back up? And I totally miss the the horror part. I I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It just it seemed it did seem unnecessary. It didn't it did not seem um, it, just, it just didn't come up. If you're gonna do it, do it well, and it wasn't done well. Yeah, the that's kind of the the question for me is I feel like House of Black is box office on paper. Like when you look at them, I, I always say if I'm watching wrestling with a friend who doesn't watch wrestling all the time and their entrance comes on and they walk out, my friend is going to say, who are these guys? What is their thing? I, and, I, and I like every piece of this puzzle. It feels like they just, for some reason, I don't know if their tires are spinning when they come out, though. And maybe it's, maybe it's because it's a, you know, quote unquote surprise. It's like tonight where lights go out, they show up, and then they just get chased off by the ragtag team immediately. Uh, maybe it's because it feels like they're always in in rivalries with people who kind of look like them, so they don't stand out. You know, it, it's now Darby and Sting who are all in black and white like they are. Before that, it was Death Triangle who are all kind of gothic as well, as opposed to having rivalries with, like, the Young Bucks who look different and stand out and would make their... You know, I don't know if it's like when you always see the big show versus the great Collie, And you're like, well, now they just look two regular sized guys who can't move as opposed to two, as opposed to one of them looking big. I don't know what it is, but I feel like they check all the boxes. It just, I well, they just can't get, get going. Well, yeah. Well, look at, we thought, uh, was it last week? I think we thought that the, the house of black were going to be probably, or possibly next in line for the trios championship. Mm-hmm. So, so all of a sudden they show up here and start this little thing. And you're thinking to yourself, to you know why it almost felt like they just because they wanted to get him on tv that's all yeah and then you have and then you know they're, they're trying to outnumber sting and then you have i, I know that it, it it took place last friday so in the commentary is trying to get that in but again i always say that if you look at the numbers there's a fraction of the people watching rampage mm-hmm. on friday and here comes ortiz who we haven't seen him regularly in a long time last time he did it was it was in a whole different tag team with santana and a different look here he's out there fighting in dress clothes and I, I, I didn't. He just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, "Who's that?" And then, and the commentary kind of got it off and said his name. But the, there's all kinds of chaos, and so it, it just again, it's kind of like it, it, it takes the aura away from a House of Black in a way. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't don't know why. I don't. This didn't make sense to me. It didn't look didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was again what a classic one of those things. I could see on paper them drawing it up and it sounding like a good idea, but I don't know if the execution went 
the way they wanted to. Because Justin, I was like, I didn't know notice it was Ortiz at first. I was like, wait, who is that? Who is that? Mm-hmm. Who you know? And I was trying to figure out who it was. And then once I found out, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But it was, uh, th- yeah, the way it was filmed and the way it looked, I don't know. It just didn't resonate with me. And again, I'm bummed out because I think Brody King could be a big star for them. I think uh, Alistair Black is, or Malachi Black is someone who obviously could be a big star for them. And I, I feel like Buddy Matthews is just built to be that guy, like a TNT champion that has matches every single mm-hmm. week and tears it down. And, and he looks, he's strong. He can fly around. He's crazy. Um, yeah. It's kind of why that makes him crazy being, being in shape, but he is. Uh, Sheed Black in the chat says, Darby Allen makes everyone he wrestles look like a million bucks. His selling ability is Bret Hardish shining up other wrestlers real nice. Jimmy, what say you about Sheed Black's comment? Uh, interesting comment. Yeah, he does make, uh, help, you know, the other talent he works with look good. But at uh, Brett Hardish and his selling, I don't know. Uh, Brett was on a, on a different level from a lot of talent when it came to that. So uh, interesting comparison that by by she. But uh, you know, I don't know if I'd go that far. Probably the first time. Probably the first time Darby Allen and Brett Hart have ever been in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Darby has the advantage of from a visual standpoint. Um, it, it, you know, you know, he's he's just not a big guy. Uh, so it looks so, I mean, it looks brutal when he's getting thrown around and he takes bumps and he takes them good and hard. Um, e- even his finisher, or he's in theory delivering the offense, the coffin drop, uh, <laughs> and he had a creative one tonight having Buddy teeter tottering in, in the ropes. Even when he delivers that finisher, it looks like, oh, it's just, you just, you're, you're giving yourself one big back bump onto mm-hmm. another guy's flesh. Right. Um, I don't know if that's part, I don't know if like, he's outsmarting me if that's like part of the subconscious of I'm supposed to like wince at him doing his finisher. And even though that's supposed to be giving him a three, I don't know. Uh, all I know is I've said this before. He's entertaining to watch. He bumps his ass off. He's not going to have a long career. If, if, if his style remains this, um, he's just not, that's just, that's just a fact of, of science mm-hmm. and body. Yeah. I, I was watching and I was actually thinking that today. Like how is he not just in agony every single day? from what he does to his body because and, and it's not like he's got a lot of tissue there to like absorb a lot of the mm-hmm. the moves there but and and the crazy risks that he takes and then you know yeah. he, like, he does really good filming his videos and his vignettes which are interesting but like uh you know i hope the dude's got a life insurance policy mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, man i i lean i slept on my shoulder wrong the other day and it hurt <laughs> all day i don't know how this guy i don't know how he does what he does it's like Time to go to Japan and do it again and fly back mm-hmm. <laughs> to the States and do it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, bless him. Good good on him. I don't know how he does it, though. Uh, we get a another package for Adam Cole, baby. Return video. And it definitely seems like he's on the uh, nice guy mm-hmm. side of the tracks these days. But Justin, it looks like he's hinting at a possible return at Revolution. And that's great. That uh, that that's an attraction for that show. Um, <clears throat> you know, keep him on. I mean, obviously, have him on TV between now and then. Great. That's great. You know, we, we've missed him since he was out uh, since June. But don't. Uh, that's one where don't just give him his match away. I mean, God, you got a bloated enough ro- roster. You have plenty of people to take do matches. Much like you're doing with MJF, make people wait, make people pay to see him in action. Um, so I, I totally agree with that decision. If that's where they are going with it. 
obviously the next big piece of the puzzle. Like you said, he looks like he's on the face side of the, of the fence. I agree with that. Uh, the fans want to cheer him and want to embrace him. Let, let's, let's, you know, okay, you did your whole thing where he was like with the box, wasn't whatever. We did this whole thing. But the fans want to cheer. And quite frankly, if, if again, if AEW can stay focused and not scatterbrained, you know, like we've seen with Wardlow or Eddie Kingston and, 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 and others, if they can follow through, Adam Cole's got the potential to be the top babyface in the company. Mm-hmm. He really does. And then, and then, and then and when you start talking about it, and when you talk about top, top babyface in pro wrestling and sports entertainment, or when you talk about top babyface on a show, on, on, on a company that has a show on TBS every week, you know, you, when you also have to consider is how can they, how do they carry the flag? How do they, how do they do carrying our banner? And I can tell you from firsthand experience, I've done it with him. Adam Cole is tremendous at media. He's tremendous sitting on the couch in a studio, TV studio, talking and chopping it up and having fun. He's a good guy. He's a good person. You're not going to find bad skeletons in his closet. He is a good person to, to, to go out there and speak on behalf of the company and carry their flag. And I think when you look at a POS that an MJF character is, what a great opposite foil an Adam Cole could be uh, for him. And, 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 and so that's I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, and I just hope they take great care with the Adam Cole project. A mm-hmm. uh, quick follow up for you, Justin, because I always like your uh, views on booking. Who do you, if he does return at Revolution, who's his opponent? Uh, I wish I could give you a great answer off the top of my head. Uh, maybe, maybe one will come to me before the end of this, this, this episode. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you you want to find a solid deal, obviously. Again, if, if this is his first match as a babyface in the company, you, you, then naturally, and I say solid deal because AEW blurs the lines. So you you can't put somebody out there who I hate the word tweener. But you can't. Yeah. I, I I always I always think of a locker room as 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 a backyard divided by a fence. You can't find somebody who's straddling the fence. You need to find somebody who's mm-hmm. clear cut, pissing on 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 the heel mulch, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, and Jimmy, yeah, I think that it's gonna be very hard to get fans to boo Adam Cole, uh, mm-hmm. at least for the foreseeable future here. And I think personally, I think that's great because I feel like AEW could use some, uh, you know, true blue good guys right now no absolutely and adam cole can be that guy and like justin said uh, he ticks all the boxes when it comes to a baby face you want to be the the face of your company not just on wednesday nights or friday nights but also in the media and talking to uh, outlets and let's say you know he shows up on wrestle zone uh, talking to nick hausman or whatever the case may be you know he's that good at you know, just he makes the business look good, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, because unfortunately with some media, there is that, you know, uh, oh, the wrestling guy kind of mentality. But when you talk to people like Adam Cole, you realize that, hey, this is a bright, intelligent guy and he has a way of presenting himself. And, hey, you know, uh, he gets people interested. And yes. when his character is out there, that's you. what we saw tonight, I thought was uh, a lot of him that's for sure i do think he's the the face of the company of a new generation the guy that mm-hmm. does twitch streaming while playing video games and uh i think he speaks to a younger generation a lot more than maybe an old school guy would yeah yeah sorry to cut you off and yeah. and, and the one thing that he does well too is you know we talk about old school versus new school he's the one who can, he's one of those guys that can blend two those two schools together very well mm-hmm. and, and another thing uh I, I wouldn't take this approach with too many people if i'm tony khan 
because mm-hmm. uh, you could go chasing a lot of rabbit tails and a lot of guys and girls can start to inflate their own value and they can start to uh, inflate their own, well, what the other guys might give me. I don't know what Adam Cole's contract situation is. I don't know. He could be, it, it could be up in the next year. It could be, he could be locked in for the next three years. I have no, I don't know. I legit don't know. But I will say this. I am pretty certain to say that he is one that if he wasn't with AEW, as soon as Triple H got back in that power, got got in that power over the summertime, Adam Cole would have been a first phone call. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that Adam Cole, Triple H, or Adam Cole's a guy that Triple H would be pushing to the moon and positioning to be one of the next faces of the next generation of WWE. So I say all that for this reason: if you're Tony Khan. You can't. You you can do it with MJF, and you can do it with Adam Cole. Short list of guys and girls you got to think. Okay, I got to book them good, protect them, and take care of them. Make them want to be here because I will lose them. And I and and not only will I lose them, if I lose them, they're going to succeed really well on the other show, and 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 trickle down effect hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, MJ, MJF's using that as part of a storyline, and MJF is one of those people to where if if he goes to the other show, that's going to be a big deal. Adam Cole is another one. If you let Adam Cole go or if his contract expires and he says, you know, I think I, I haven't loved this experience. Or I think there's still more for me and I, I, I could get it in New York. That's bad. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, I'm sure that most people on all rosters are getting looked at as far as like when their contract is up and things, but there definitely are a short list of people who will be aggressively pursued if they're available. And I think Adam mm-hmm. Cole, just to your point, is one of those guys. I think Tony Khan. He obviously it's it's in his the balls in his court. I would do everything I can to make sure Adam Cole is very happy and mm-hmm. never wants to answer a phone call from uh, Connecticut mm-hmm. if if I was him. Uh, because yeah, I I think he could be one of those those game changers kind of yeah. kind of wrestlers mm-hmm. uh, for the company. We got a super chat while we were chatting. Uh, Sheed Black going back to the Bret Hart comment said. Uh, Brett did the same thing with bigger wrestlers like Papa Shango. Not the flying around, though. That was Owen when he was Blue Blazer. Mm-hmm. Again, she, I, I feel like maybe just because there was a Bret Hart growing up was my favorite of all time. So I feel like you're not allowed to compare to him. Like he's yeah. one of those guys you don't. You're not allowed to compare to him. He's he's his own own thing. Bret uh, Hart sold appropriately for the opponent he was facing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. simple as that. Yep. To be fair, as a kid, it was because I wanted those shades, though. That was the real reason I was this fan. <laughs> I just wanted those shades. I was like, <laughs> uh, we got Ethan Page and Matt Hardy versus Hook and Jungle Boy. Uh, kind of fun back and forth. Uh, Matt mm-hmm. Hardy's about to hit the twist of fate. Ethan Page demanded the tag, uh, and it ended up getting caught in the snare trap and tapping out. Uh, Justin, two things on this one for me watching this was. It felt like there was a lot of stuff I needed to be watching dark to really understand. But also, Ethan Page never stops. Like, he felt like he was doing character stuff or wrestling or whatever it was the entire match. Yeah, no. Um, uh, you know, look, the, the, the Jungle Hook thing. Two smaller, undersized guys. They they don't even look like adults when they stand opposite the ring of Matt Hardy and Ethan Page. But I get they have an appeal to the audience. They have a certain charisma that the audience is naturally connected to. So I'm not going to dismiss them that they shouldn't be there. But I, I will say I, I I do 
when I look at it visually, I'm like, there's a problem. But then, then you know, they 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 try to really uh, make you believe and and come back um, again with their charisma, with their with their mm-hmm. underdog kind of appeal. Ethan, you're right. Ethan Page does not stop. I, but here's the thing: Ethan Page and Matt Hardy they lose. They lose again. I feel like I, I feel like I don't see a lot of W's for for these guys. And again, I'm not talking about Dark and Elevation and, and Rampage. I'm talking about Dynamite. And all I can then think about is Ethan Page. He's in the firm right now. Prior to that, he was with Dan Lambert's thing, which just naturally just dissolved, I guess, with no explanation and whatever. Um, Matt Hardy's been and then Matt's been in so many different things since he's been there. I, you know, he's he's been broken, Matt. He's been Hardy Boy, and then he's been he with the private parties. At the, I, I can't keep track of it. And all I can think is, God, we have just I I, I, I categorize Ethan Page, which is one of the best up and coming younger guys in the business. I'm categorizing him alongside matt hardy who is one of the greatest ever in the business here i am having to categorize them in AEW. it's just just two guys that are always in mediocre stables taking l's mm-hmm. i don't love it i i i agree with you on that because i think that ethan page is one of those guys that you can really can really be a foundation to a company um as a because i think he's one of those guys that could seamlessly have a world title match and then go and have a undercard match whatever the you know that card is going to be he could have big rivalries small rivalries i feel like you could slot him in anywhere and jimmy i see you nodding your head uh this is where i we talked about stables in wwe uh, in previous shows this is where i wish they would just remove the firm and just have ethan page with stokely hathaway if they want to have him with a manager and just have those two focus on those two Absolutely. And, and, you know, like you said, he is a very underrated talent because not only is he good in the ring and nonstop and he's always thinking and he's always, you know, active in some mm-hmm. form or fashion, but he, he's great on the stick too. He can talk like you wouldn't believe, but that's the reason why, you know, technically he doesn't need a manager, but if he's in a heel stable, I can see why you would put him with a mouthpiece or something like that, but he doesn't need one. Absolutely not. You know, and and sorry to cut you off there, Justin. You know, mm. people talk about he's got that MJF thing going. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're kind of I don't want to say they're similar, but you know, they don't they can go in the ring and they can both talk people into the in front of their television sets or into seats or whatever. They have that ability. Yeah. And 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 I and, and yeah, just to continue, I want to acknowledge. I did appreciate the story within the story of the match, which is all ego. Ethan Page has such an ego that he can t- that he keeps try- getting himself tagged in after Matt's doing all the work. I mean, I get it, and, and I appreciate that, but the payoff has to be warranted, and 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 the, the, the story has to have a payoff that's warranted. And I don't, I don't think we're going to get that payoff. So again, it's just going to go down as another L. And 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 to what Jimmy was talking about is like. We got this firm. It's got Stokely Hathaway, and he's got—I don't even know how many guys he has. I kind of lost track. When reality is, Matt doesn't need to be in this group. I know. I know Matt. I know there's an audible with Matt because of, of the situation with Jeff and not having Jeff, mm-hmm. and and they, they thought they were gonna have a great Hardy Boys tag team run. Maybe they will eventually. I don't know. Uh, so I get that Matt's kind of a pro, like a detour, an audible they have to be called. But you don't need all these people in the firm. You know what you need if you're determined to have Stokely Hathaway on TV as a manager. You know what you need for the for his firm. All ego, Ethan Page, and Big Bill. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. Yeah. That's that's 
that's that's what you focus on. You don't need all these other ancillary characters and people. Sorry to all those other ancillary character people that if you're, if you're watching, but that's the reality of the situation. And to that point, Jack, to go back and answer uh, one of your fantasy booking questions to me earlier, heat Big Bill up, heat him up like he is he, like like he is dinner tonight. Heat him up. Give me a give me a heel Big Bill to an Adam Cole. Give me give me something that's give me something that's two guys that have been seen on the other companies before that have a little bit of history to wrestling audiences, but I haven't seen them in the ring together. And I look, Adam Cole is, uh, he, 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 he models himself a little bit after a Shawn Michaels today. Give me a Sean diesel. Give, I, I, give me something like that. If you're, if you're trying to think of a uh, new, fresh uh, perspective, give me fresh uh, face, Adam Cole versus freshly signed and heated up heel in big bill. I'd love that. That'd be yeah. great. And you don't even have to like overthink it. You can just have big bill squashing people for the next few weeks or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then have, have the yeah. firm, sorry to cut you off. Have the, have Stokely, in the have, uh, if Stokely is the representation, have Stokely take a pass at Brit, try to write a check for Brit to sign. If you come I in, mean, they don't, they don't shy away from Brit and Adam. So go ahead and lean into it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, do, I mean, just go ahead, just do it, you know? Yeah. Easy, easy peasy there. Um, as we move on, we got a family therapy session uh, between the the Gun Club and the Acclaimed. Uh, line that's kind of stuck in the crowd even kind of reacted to it. I think hit harder than we expected uh, when the Gun Club says, our faults as sons is your failure as a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was kind of interesting to me, Jimmy. This was a much more serious Gun Club than we've seen in the past. Um Acclaim still kind of silly and fun. This was a very WWE segment uh, watching this. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? And uh, what are your thoughts on getting Gun Club acclaimed again? Uh, I'm, I, because of this uh, therapy session, I'm interested in seeing this ther- uh, Gun Club versus Acclaimed again. And the, the line that you said, like the, that line really stuck with me. You know, you were on the road. You weren't home for us and, and stuff like that. And that sits here as well because... I was out there with them and I know what it's like to be away from your family. And, and, and I could see how it, it, it feels real. Mm-hmm. Again, you talk about taking elements of wrestling it's sports entertainment. We tell stories here, but when you add elements of realism mm-hmm. into it, and maybe there was a little bit of resentment with the fact that Billy wasn't home all the time for mm-hmm. this, for his kids, who knows, maybe they were okay with it. We don't know that, but the fact that they brought it up made me go, Hmm. And got me more invested in the story that they're telling. Justin, is uh, are we going to see a different gun club going forward than what we're used to, or is this well, just I mean, a one-time I, thing? Well, no, I think we need to see a little more aggressive edge. I think because up to this point, the gun club, they they have been kind of comedy. They've been they've been the discarded ass boys. They they were so discarded that their father again left them to join the more popular tag team. <laughs> so I do think that you need to get. I, like they advertised next week on Dynamite, the acclaim in action. That's all. They kept it very generic. They kept it like. We're going to see the acclaimed, you know, versus like two uh, local, you know, talent, like local jobbers type of thing. Um, I, you know, I think we need to see some aggressive mean streak of the gun club um, because they're, they are in a position right now to be elevated as a as a contender in the tag team division. That doesn't mean they have to win the tag team titles, but they can really gain some credibility. And again, there's backstory to, to the very point of this conversation. Like you said, the crowd react to that line. So there's backstory and that's that that's. This is not, this is not us saying these two people are brothers when they're really not. I mean, Billy Gunn is their father. That's real life. So that 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 helps and aids this along is that it's real. So, 
um, I'm all for trying to get them as an established tag team. If, 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 if that's where we're going again, they don't have to win the titles, but I think they need to show some credible aggression um, and, and they need to get some wins. So again, mm-hmm. I know it's only two hours and we got a lot of people we're trying to make happy on the roster, but I think we need to, we need to dedicate uh, several weeks of Wednesdays to trying to get them some victories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. In general, it feels like there's got to be a little bit of focus. Like these are the whatever six stories that are most important to us and really drive some of those home instead of some of the other stuff that maybe isn't as, as important. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a hangman Adam Page promo. He says that he wants to knock out Moxley next week in Ohio. And then Wheeler Yuta butts in and is like, well, I want to fight you on Friday. Jimmy, Wheeler Yuta seems more and more like a jerk the more he gets on the microphone. I feel like he's constantly like butting into other people's business on behalf of other people. You can say that. It, it, it kind of felt that way tonight, that's for sure. But, uh, uh, it, it, you know, good luck to him this Friday. The thing I found interesting here is for the last couple of weeks is that Renee is the one interviewing Hangman Page, and they're really playing that up too. You know, you could see, and Renee's doing really well with the expressions. She's trying to be professional, but at the same time, you can tell that, you know, he, he's hitting some nerves. Mm-hmm. And again, you talk about realism and people are, are thinking, you know, oh, wow, he's taking shots at at, at the interviewer's husband. This mm-hmm. is, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it more than than the Wheeler Yuta stuff. That's, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, Justin, they do a good job of uh, it's clear that there's a relationship between Renee and, and Moxley. I mean, we know as as fans and they make it clear and, and obvious, but they also don't lean into it like over the top silly either. I think they're balancing that pretty well. They are. Uh, and, and and you need to look, you, you can over a certain amount over a course of time. If Moxley really gets into a feud later on, uh, when I'm talking like years down the road, if he's still, if him and him and Renee are both still with the company, if, if Mox gets into a, a real personal feud, you can bring out, you know, Renee coming out to check on him. Cause he, when he just got really, taken down or, or maybe somebody again taking a shot at her or whatever but if you if, if that's what you go to right out the gate i mean she's only been with the company for a couple months uh if, if you go to that immediately you you don't allow her you don't allow you to recoup on your investment which is having her on t- on tv good with a mic good leading segments you just turn her into essentially just you know look miss elizabeth was always miss elizabeth was all in, in the glory days was always linked and was always the part of the macho man story and mm-hmm. that worked because that's what she was there for if you if you immediately if, if the first storyline for moxley in aew the first storyline since signing renee is, is is implicating renee and, and using her as heat you just turn her into a miss elizabeth and you don't get to have the investment as renee being again a good host with a you know with, with a credible podcast and credible tv background and you're just squandering your investment you're you're, you're just why don't you just go out and hire all the guys' wives in real life and bring them on TV? Right. You know what I mean? It's just so they. I, but I agree. I think they've done. They have done a good balance of that. Um, and, and I'm a little surprised they're doing this match next week. They're, they're doing the, mm-hmm. the, the match number three, the rubber match, so to speak, on this dynamite with a week's notice. I, I would have thought maybe they try to carry this out to one of their more premium dynamite episodes, or even to the next pay per view, mm-hmm. uh, for whatever reason they're not. And and we'll, and we'll see. I can only assume it. It's because they have bigger plans for one or both. Mox and Hangman for the March pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, both those guys are face of the company type guys. So it's it is interesting. That I think all three of these matches will have been on just random dynamite episodes. Mm-hmm. So uh very interesting in that regard. But we'll see. Hey, I like free mm-hmm. stuff. I'm okay with that. Some people get all they're like, they gave it away for free. How dare they? I'm like, well, I like it. I like free. Give me as yeah. much free stuff as you want. No, that's cool. But at the same time, when you've got something that's that's like high level, what this could yeah. be. And, and and be an attraction that it is sometimes it's good to hold off and really pump pump it up before yeah. you do it yeah uh um, well, i still i still go back to is this to get this done and then like again we we, we again, mox was supposed to, well that but i'm saying mox was supposed to have some time off after all out we which we all know and then the cm punk thing and the mox kind of had to stay around and, and, and handle business for the company is it is this a case of okay? Let's give let's give people a payoff. Let's give Hangman the win in the rubber match, so Hangman can be projected and elevated. Okay, Mox, now you can go have several months off. Is that you know? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Uh, but someone who's getting elevated is uh, Brian Danielson. Uh, he had a match with Brian Cage. Uh, the story here is MJF wants Cage to break Danielson's arm. Uh, it's a good match. These guys are good wrestlers. Go figure. Uh, but post-match, Cage attacks Danielson. MJF comes out with the chair. The bad guys go to work on Danielson's arm. And Takeshita comes out and makes the save for his new pal. Uh, Jimmy, this is a... You are a, a referee. And so I've actually been waiting all night to ask yeah. you this question. It's It's been sitting on... Like, kind of bugging me. Um, do you spell Brian with a Y or an I? Me? I... I'm- for me, it's always a, an I, but I know him. It's a Y. <laughs> and, uh, you got to choose one. What's the right way? There's only one right way. I'm gonna. Well, the right way is what's on his dri- driver's license birth certificate. <laughs> and if you're, it's B R Y, then that's the right way. Safe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the uh, so this was a match. This was a great match. I think we all knew that Danielson was winning because it would be kind of weird if he lost at this point. Uh, Brian Cage takes another loss. Uh, Danielson's a made guy. Cage, though, I feel like he, he's another one of those guys. Checks every single box you could imagine, but for some reason can't seem to get going. It's, he's, got the, he's got the Wardlow syndrome right now, mm-hmm. it feels like, uh, in some respect. And, and again, here's another match where the aftermath, you know, overshadowed basically the match for me because it mm-hmm. was a good match. You know, it, 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 go ahead, Justin. I know you want. Oh no, no, no! I was just, I was listening. I'm listening. I know. I just, I, it. He, Brian Cage is another guy who I just categorize as he's in mediocre stables. He was part of Team Taz, which just fizzled out and never went anywhere. And now he's in the whatever Prince and Anna's thing is. And I know he still holds an ROH title. I, I think I, I think I read the other, the other day Six that. Uh, the six man time, yeah, but I think I read the other day that Cage's AEW contract is coming is expiring soon, so I'm curious what that means in terms of like, does his AEW contract end? Does he still have an ROH contract? Is that separate? Can he still be used for the ROH properties? Um, my my my, my only, I, I love watching Brian Damison. Um, so I have no critique for him. You can't critique Brian Damison. He's he's probably he's arguably the greatest wrestler in the world right now, right? Yeah. Uh, my, my 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 critique is this: they, they made this whole thing about MJF given. Cage and Prince Nana more money than they've ever seen in their life last week, right? For Cage to be the mercenary, just to break Brian's arm. Don't even, the, the, the wins and losses don't even matter. It's break the damn guy's arm. Break, break the guy's arm. Cage went into that mercenary mode post-match 
why if you're being given more money than ever and you're tasked with screw wins and losses destroy this guy i wanted to see more fire out of brian cage when this whole thing started attack the guy before the attack the guys he's making his entrance attack the guy with the belt like if this is truly about you know earning your money i don't that so that's what i thought was kind of missed on this i know that we have to give people a traditional multi-segment wrestling match because that's what you do when you have brian danielson because he can do that and you could still do that but you could spend the entire first segment of it being bedlam and brian cage is beating the crap out of brian danielson before yeah. we get into the match, and then you can have the rest of the match, and then you, oh, here comes Brian Danielson holding back up. That's what that was. What I missed in this whole thing was you're the mercenary, and you're waiting for the bell to ring and play by the rules. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the I don't usually pick apart like what moves were done where in matches, but I did notice I was kind of surprised there's very little work in the arm in this match, considering the whole premise was Cage is there to break the arm. Uh, I mean, he did a few things, but like even the post-match attack, the first thing he did was hit his finisher, which isn't an arm move. I mean, where I feel like you could have just laid his arm flat and stomped on it, and that would have told the story so much more than all the the other stuff he was doing. Even even things like um, even things like have several backstage things before we get to the match. Like earlier today, we showed Brian Danielson showing up at the arena, and Brian Cage attacks him and you know slams his arm in a door, and then. Later, Brian's being checked out on the trainer's table and Cage storms in there and be, like have him just be menacing all day. Even that, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, it's, it's, it's I, we have the luxury of armchair booking, but I just mm-hmm. I, I, that was my big note again was like this is supposed to be this 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 tall hill that mm-hmm. Brian Danielson has to climb to get to MJF. And MJF gave Brian Danielson or gave Brian Cage more money he's ever seen. And Brian Cage is just coming out waiting for the bell to ring. Like, no, no, mm-hmm. that's not that's not. I- I, I I love that idea of of showing the pre you know during the day all the attacks and, and Brian Cage going to work on the arm and and showing Brian Danielson uh, in the trainer's room with Doc Sampson and Doc Sampson saying look you can't go tonight and the promo the amazing promo that we got from Danielson after the match if we would have had that promo before that match saying mm-hmm. you're not stopping me nobody's stopping me from entering that ring tonight and then he goes into the match you know as the underdog because of his arm and somehow coming out victorious to further the story of him versus MJF. Maybe that would have worked. I don't know. See, you know, again, the, the, the advantage of uh post show armchair quarterbacking. And again, it's, it's the post show, uh, you know, quarterback booking, but you could even then instead of having cage take the loss like that, you could have just said and say, look, I'm here to break an arm, bring out the chair and just go after the shoulder or the arm again and yeah. take the DQ loss. Cause he could like, he, they established earlier on, it's about breaking the arm. It's not about yeah. winning the match. So if that's yeah. the, if that's the point, then it's okay yeah. for him to say, I'm okay losing. Cause and, and, there's a and reason. It, yeah. And if he gets DQ'd and MJS says, but you got DQ'd. He said, you didn't say anything about how to do it. You didn't say right. about winning the match. You just wanted me to do damage, and I did damage. There is a little part of me, and again, this is kind of nitpicky, but there's this part of me, too, about wrestlers getting paid off. And I get that there's like the million-dollar man thing or something about getting paid off, but I'm also supposed to believe these are major superstars, and he's a champion. I'm, I, shouldn't I assume he's already pretty well off? I don't know. You can, you can always use more. 
Yeah, I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the JBL uh, HBK thing where HBK is like, I have no money. It's like, what? You're like a, a massive superstar. What do you mean you don't have any money? Like, So what you're saying is if MJF goes to Darby and says, Darby, I've seen you in these black and white videos. I can't even afford color. <laughs> Uh, you know, your skateboard from place to place. You don't have money for a bus ticket. I'm gonna, pay, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but but Brian Cage, you obviously have a gym membership at every gym right. in the country, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's. I mean, and your manager <laughs> is royalty. Like, what? Anyways, it, that's nitpicky, and it doesn't really matter. But it was one of those things. I was kind of. Hmm. Well, know. the the African currency exchange rate over to the dollar these days. It's just, <laughs> it's just brutal. <laughs> Uh, we got Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho. It was supposed to be a triple threat, but uh, Britt Baker was hurt, so she got pulled. Um, in the pre-match, we get some little pre-tape promos, which is fun. The The story here, homegrown stars versus stars from elsewhere, even though Ruby, Ruby uh, Soho is also uh, from WWE. Uh, story here, Ruby hits a knee to the face of Storm. Storm pretends to be hurt. Storm takes advantage. Britt's music hits distracts storm and ruby gets the win jimmy the homegrown talent plus ruby get one up on the uh the people who came in from wwe um yeah i guess sort of kind of i just you know it just uh again it was it's one of those situations where the women were placed in that terrible spot right before the main event which they do every week on 930 aew there's a 930 spot it's, it's time for the women um i like that they tried to they, they did have a pretty good match mm-hmm. which which was good and and again like you said that's the issue ruby came from the same place that they were talking about so you know th- th- that's the conflict i'm having with it you know what I mean? Right. She's not, like I said, the homegrown uh, talent from the women's division. And Britt is that homegrown, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Justin. No, go, please go, Jack. No, I was just going to say, I, I feel like they're trying to adjust to how the crowd's reacting to things. Um, it, I, I like the idea of it. It's just, it definitely feels weird that Ruby is kind of the, the face of the team that is supposed to be defending homegrown talent. Yeah, uh, I, I want to compliment. I did like both ladies' pre-tape promos that they played at their entrances. I thought both were good. They were quick, but they had good, they had good quotable lines, good, good uh, sound bites. Um, and then the match, yeah, the match. There's nothing wrong with the match. And again, it's an audible. You know, uh, not not having Britt out there, so not having Britt in the match. So they that's you know, they use her on the stage distraction. Uh, I will say this: <clears throat> uh, I'm fine with it. Looks like Britt is being transitioned is in, into a face. Um, obviously the crowd is booing Tony. They're booing Soraya. So go with where the crowd wants to go. I'm fine with all that. I would just say tread lightly on the booking being based around this AEW homegrown versus not because if, if, if that's, if you can, if you keep going down this route of that and you're painting the AEW women who come from other places as the heels, well, you might start to train the audience that the next former WWE woman you sign that comes over, you might be tainting the reaction they're going to get, whether you want that or not. Uh, so mm-hmm. I would just be careful. That that's a very fine line to walk, you know. Like, um, I, I don't know. That's my only thing I'm yeah, thinking is like I don't know where point. this is going, but but you you run a risk of like, you know, 
the NWO was the premise of the NWO was it was w, it was a hostile takeover from WWE. It was all orchestrated by Vince and WWE to, to take over WCW, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so so it worked that you saw Teddy DiBiase, Mr. Perfect, Virgil. It worked every time you saw a WWE guy show up. They're supposed to be on the payroll of the hostile takeover. They're the heels. Um, but I mean, that's not the story right now with the women that are coming from you know so it's just they have to be careful with that that's all i'm saying mm-hmm. that, that that's my worry is they, they might get themselves into a corner that's going to affect future future debuts right like you said jack that is a very good point uh, yeah it, it's very similar yeah. to justin to like like what you just said i always thought one of the problems that john cena always had to overcome was uh for years we were told the guy that vince mcmahon chooses to be the face of the company is a bad guy and then John Cena comes around and we all know that he's the guy Vince is choosing and we're just reactive, like reject who Vince is choosing to be the, the next, you know, face of the company. Um, and I just thought he had to overcome that. I will say mm-hmm. what I like about this is I think what AW's women's division has needed for so long is mm-hmm. rivalries and stories that aren't for the title. Cause you've got your title matches. Mm-hmm. That's going to be set. But now you've got uh, Ruby Soho. You've got, uh, You've got Britt Baker and Soraya and everyone else, and they're not in a world title picture. They're just in a rivalry together, which I think is a great way to start building that division. Uh, I do know they have that same time every week that they're on. Uh, I would just recommend to all the fans who want to see more of them, that's when you tune in. That's when you tweet like crazy that they're your favorites. If you're in the audience, that's when you get loud. That's when you show support from them. Like, that's how you get more time, and that's how you get more stuff you you can't wait for them to get more time before you start responding to them give them even if it's at the same time every single week hit twitter like crazy once they go on you know if you're in the audience get loud be give them that you know that that noise and that's how they get more time so just Mm -hmm. that's how you be supportive don't wait for it to happen be the person to do it and and that will definitely help get them more time right um we got a quick promo. I probably should have mentioned we were talking about MJF, but whatever, we'll do it now. Uh, MJF comes out, and he, he kind of takes some shots at Takeshita again, uh, but then also says uh, that Justin Labar, uh, Timothy Thatcher's coming next week, and he's going to continue to work on the arm. Uh, what are your thoughts about Timothy Thatcher and the next person to challenge Brian Danielson? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I you know, uh, Thatcher certainly, you know, a lot of fans might remember from NXT. Um, <clears throat> he's got that, um, he's got that William Regal type of Black Bull Combat Club kind of style to him. He's very, very, you know, meticulous and methodical to body parts and uh, that type of offense. And look, um, you know, is, is Timothy Thatcher going to pop a big number? I don't know. Probably not. But I also understand that Tony Khan, part of what he enjoys about, you know, owning a wrestling company is <laughs> he likes to bring in guys and girls from virtually every company uh, and just showcase them and have it kind of, you know, he, he's talked about how he likes his glory days of, uh, he likes Monday Nitro back in the day when you just never knew which oddball random match you might get. And, um, and, 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 and I, I, it's, it's his money. So I guess, um, <laughs> you know, or it's his dad's money, but <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, so it, it, oh, it just, it follows his passion. Um, I'll say this. It's, uh, it, it's, it's cool in the fact that it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an original match. I don't I don't think I don't think I've ever seen Brian and and Thatcher anywhere and and you know 
it's original, so it keeps you guessing. Um, I, I'll just leave it at that, I guess. So. Mm. Jimmy, any thoughts on Thatcher? I will say the thing I like about Thatcher is he absolutely looks like a maniac. Uh, mm-hmm. He looks like someone that wants to hurt people. And it seems like if you're the kind of wrestling fan that likes wrestling, it'll probably be your favorite match. Exactly. You're reading my mind. It, it this, this hits the wheelhouse of the diehard AEW fan. And that's mm-hmm. who this match caters to. Uh, Timothy Thatcher against uh, um, uh, Brian. Brian yeah, I, I almost said it the other way around, like yeah. uh, like I always do. But uh, you know, like Justin said, you know, those who know will say, you know, that are into just a hell of a wrestling match. We're going to get that. We know it's going to be a hell of a match. It just mm-hmm. we need more than just a good wrestling match. And and yes, Daniel Bryan is arguably, like Justin said, one of the re- best wrestlers on the planet right now. And there's really not much you can critique with him. And a match with Timothy Thatcher, I think they're going to really, really knock it out of the park for as far as in-ring goes. It's just, uh, again, it's a business at the end of the day. And uh, will it pop a big number? Likely not. But uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the match. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, where do we go from here? Right. Um, we move on to the main event. This is... Uh obviously the story of the show, uh, Jay lethal versus Mark Briscoe. And this was one that, uh, you know, um, I, am not going to pretend I, I've watched a ton of Briscoe brothers. I've seen a lot of their highlights and I've seen a lot of their bigger matches. Um, and so I went into it knowing it would be emotional, but I gotta be honest when Jay lethal came out, tears in his eyes, it, it definitely, definitely hit me. Uh, Jimmy, this is, um, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a tribute and I think it was a touching tribute and I'm glad we got it. I am, I am too. It was, it was wonderful. I, I enjoyed seeing it. I enjoyed seeing, uh, uh, you know, Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe and I enjoyed seeing Paul Turner uh, in the ring calling, calling the match as well. You know, obviously I, like I say, the referee is not supposed to be a focal point of attention, but in this case, Paul Turner, who had a long, you know, friendship with the Briscoes from the ROH days, because he was a longtime referee in ROH, everything that the guys left it all out there. It was very emotional. You could see it. You could, you could feel everything that they were doing in the ring and, and just the respect factor afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. was touching as well. And having the entire locker room empty out and come out on the stage to pay tribute to everybody and to, to pay their respects. Um, I don't know how much more you could say. It was very emotional to watch, and and and, and you know, thank you for doing it. It it, it, it meant a lot to a lot of people, and mm-hmm. especially especially the family and the and the close friends of 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 the Briscoes. Yep, uh, Justin. Any any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I echo everything Jimmy said. Um, I, I you know I like that. Uh, obviously, we knew it was a match of two guys that had great respect for each other. But I like that they still turned, you know, they, they they still turned it into a little bit of a hardcore match, and 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 uh, the 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 spot of, of Mark off the top onto the table onto Jay at the outside, and I think at that point commentary had even said, um, this 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 is this is Jay Briscoe's song. This is the kind of thing he wants. This is the kind of you know. So it it, it put it all in perspective. Um, and the biggest compliment I want to give is to you know look, 
if we if if we when we critique if Tony Khan's the one ultimately has to field our critique of how of of bad timing of a show of Jimmy's expression of 20 pounds in a 10 pound bag um they did a good job tonight from the from the coming out of the opening package to Jericho and them already being halfway down the ramp to everybody else either hitting their times or if somebody went over Tony made sure the next group got shaved, you know, shaved off time, whatever. They did a nice job. It was 9.57 East Coast time and 9.57 and, and change that the match ended. Mark Briscoe's uh, declared the winner. And so that left them two full minutes to allow him to celebrate, for the roster to come out, for the embrace, and nothing to feel rushed. And because of that not rushed, it ended with, you know, Mark Briscoe hugging a few people on the top of the stage, Tony Conby and one of them, and then celebrating with just muscles bulging, passion in his eyes and facial expression to the to the camera with above him on the giant screen, the in memoriam to his brother. And that what a powerful image to go off the air with. And you can't you don't get that if that match ends ninety seconds later and you're Russian and he can't get back up to the top of the stage naturally. And that, you know, so I, I, I give, I, I, so I want to give Tony Khan and everybody who times a show out or whatever credit for not letting that run over and, and allowing, and not letting that to be the, uh, not letting that be rushed and allowing that ending to be, you, know, you fought so hard to get this show with the networks, you know, so take care of it. Don't squander those last couple minutes. Don't let things be rushed. And they did a great yeah. job. Yeah, um, and, and how they presented that that the final minutes. Amen. Yeah, yeah. As I I, th- I think you said it perfectly. It's it, as I was watching this. You know, you watch wrestling, and sometimes you, you know, they're characters, and you almost sometimes forget that they're real people too. And and something like this reminds you very quickly that they're all real people that have real lives, and you could definitely see that in this final match that they're real people celebrating uh, a real person and. Um, the end, I, I'm not sure if you guys know this or not, but is the people that came out, were they all ring of honor people that came out? Were they all people with ring of honor? Cause there were certain people I noticed weren't out there, but I, I feel like everyone I saw was a ring of honor had some time, but I could have been, I could be, uh, mistaken on that. Um, no, I'm not sure. I, I wish I, saw, I could answer I saw, that. I saw Joe. I saw the young bucks. Mm-hmm. No, not everybody, because I saw Dark Order. I saw John Silver several times clapping mm-hmm. and be looking really emotional. And I don't think he yeah. has a Ring of Honor uh, connection. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. But but I do think to 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 your point, Jack. I think I think people. I think there were people. Even Matt Hardy. And Matt had a, a a run in Ring of Honor. Let's not mm-hmm. forget. I think people that did have connection to the Briscoes and the Ring of Honor mm-hmm. put themselves on the forefront of the stage. Right. But I don't think that I don't think that was the criteria of where you can't go out there if you didn't have a ring of honor. I, I think it was mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that was the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, uh, very, very emotional way to end. I, I agree. I think it was it was very well done. And um, I don't really have much to add to it. Don't really have much more mm-hmm. to say. Um, overall episode. Uh, it's hard to judge an episode like this, because as Jimmy, you always say, it's the last thing is what you remember. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, that is what I remember is, is that very good moment. So I want to leave saying this was a great episode. Um, any, uh, before we close out, uh, 
any final thoughts, uh, Jimmy? Let's we'll start with you. No, like you said, it, it closed out. Perf- uh, not, I don't want to say perfectly. It's hard to say that word, but mm-hmm. it's nice to see. You, you know, um, it, it, it as tragic as this situation is, it's it, it is a brotherhood, and we help each other heal. And mm-hmm. and this was part of the healing process tonight. Now, obviously, you know, it didn't take everything away, but emotionally uh but at the same time um it was it it made you feel good seeing what we saw last night the respect the emotion and everything at the same time and it also made you feel for the families that that were affected by this but uh i hope that made sense what i just said because Mm -hmm. it's tough it is tough and uh i think they did it right tonight let's put it that way and Justin, uh, I'll let you close this. Any any final thoughts on the show before we do our all of our uh, sign off stuff? No, I mean overall it was an okay show. You know, I mean AEW's in the period right now; they have a long stretch to go until we get to the next pay per view. So you know, there's a balance of building the pay per view. You're trying to still keep some stories and payoffs happening, and then uh, and then of course again you take the show and you, know, you get a tribute show out of it uh, to, to to some extent. So I uh, I thought they handled it again nicely um, with the ending and and. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know Mark Briscoe, his brother. I mean, he's out there eight days removed, and he's lost his brother. His nieces, his brother's daughters, are in you know are, are in the hospital, and 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 just there's so many things, and he's out there being full on Mark Briscoe in character, and 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 and, perf- and look performed. I mean, it was a solid match. I mean, he 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 didn't look like he did not belong. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I, and I, I don't say that to be, uh, to patronize. I, I, again, I just yeah, say yeah. it in Mark. That was just Mark Briscoe. That was Mark Briscoe's first AEW match on TV, right? So, but he did not look like he didn't belong. He was there. He, mm-hmm. he, the intensity was there. Connection with the crowd, timing, everything. Um, so, like that's 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 heavy. You're eight days removed from tragically losing your brother, your mm-hmm. your brother, your, your brother in life, your brother in in, in business. So for him to go out and perform the way he did, um, that, 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 you know, that's, 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 that's amazing. And so again, mm-hmm. great job by EW on, on fighting to have a show that remembers Jay Briscoe and promoting the t-shirt that's, that's for sale. The proceeds go to his family. So, um, you know, dynamite was what it was from the totality of AEW booking, but to the point of the Jay Briscoe, tri- Jay Briscoe tribute, excuse me, uh, I thought they knocked out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally agree. Uh, and I just want to thank everyone, by the way, who's been watching us again, like comment, share, subscribe, uh, killer, a demons, uh, Ricky Zaldivar. We got Jax in the house. I haven't seen in a while. Jax got Arthur, John, uh, Millard. We've got night one here. Tommy. O, Jeroy J, uh, sunny star Rockies in the house. I saw M Rouse in the house earlier. Uh, don't know if they're still here. Uh, Daniel Price as well. Everyone else, thank you guys so much for joining roll, us. Roll call. Who's coming back Saturday night? Yeah. Who's coming back Saturday night? Let's yeah, hear it. If, if you're in the chat, let us know if you're going to be watching us for the Royal Rumble after show. We're going to be doing this. Triple J closing yeah. out the first half Woo. of the road to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh it's going to be us. It's going to be a really great time. I'm super excited to chat with you. I am so excited about that show. Yeah. I am so pumped. I almost like, almost like, can we just get SmackDown out of the way and just do this thing already? I'm so pumped. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to it as someone who actually officiated the very first Royal Rumble match. So Ooh. Just, just down the road from here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. 
It's going to be a lot easier to talk about it probably than me. Wait, when you say the first one, the one that Duggan won? Yes. The 20-man one? Yes. Okay. Wow. Crazy. It's it's funny to look back at the old one and realize it became such a big deal. You know, <laughs> and I love and I love yeah. the I love the the archive. It's now archive footage from the late great Pat Patterson and him saying Vince said this is never going to work. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Jimmy, as someone who's been there for the first one, where can the world find you online and uh, the other stuff you're working on between now and uh, Saturday? Well, you can find me here on Mondays with Triple J and and Wednesdays, usually with uh, Justin and Issa, but uh, Triple J was back this week. And again, we're back on on Saturday after the Rumble. And you can also find me on all my social media platforms with my ref and rants from uh, Monday to Wednesday, just having a little fun with that. And also now have joined my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, with the Reffing It Up podcast, where uh, we have a little fun talking it up there. And Justin, how about you? Where can the world check you out? Same Monday nights here on Wrestling's uh, podcast. Wednesday night, make sure you please like, subscribe, leave a leave a five star rating, leave a nice comment. Uh, again, I, I'm teasing. We have a lot of great things behind the scenes going on with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, acquiring more sponsors, more support, more distribution. So, all of those reviews are going a very long way. All those nice comments are going a very long way. So, if you can take 15 seconds out just to hit a star and leave a sentence of a comment, that'd be great. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, I'm sparring with Labar, myself, Dave Agreca, and Thunder Rosa on Sirius XM Radio. And then again, Saturday, big Rumble. Rumble's one of the favorites for everybody. Uh, there's so much excitement to it. Uh, so I can't wait to be uh, sitting back late night, Saturday night with you guys uh, and talking uh, talking and, and, and doing this with our with our fourth host, which is the with which is our wonderful audience so that loves yes. to jump in on the chat room. So make sure if you can, if you can stay up, if you have the ability, stay up with a Saturday night. Be part of the live chat because you are the fourth man or fourth woman jumping in on the conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I I, I, I feel like we are going to have no shortage of things to talk about. Uh, God, I mean, it might be a two-hour podcast for all we know. It's going to be a ho-hum show. It's not, not nothing special happening. <laughs> <laughs> another another we'll breeze right through it. Uh, yeah. No, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited for it. I am... Uh, I'm at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Check me out, by the way. I do we do a news show now on Thursdays, Raj and I. But the rest of it, just follow at Wrestling Inc. Follow at Real Jack Farmer. Follow these fellas. Join us on Saturday. And again, as Justin said, leave a comment. I we 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 try to do a very good job of going back and looking at the comments. And I do I always try to respond to as many people as I can. Usually, I follow up uh, as late as two days after the episode goes up. So. Leave a comment if you want to ask a question or you've got feedback. Uh, I will ignore you if you're rude, though. So don't be rude. But uh, if, if you if you have a, a, a real comment, I always try to get back to you. So can't uh, be rude to hair like that. This is not possible. You can't, it's it's a law. It was it was it's a codified law. I don't know what that means, but it's codified and it's there forever. So you can't be can't be rude to me. Uh, but. Uh, I think that does it for us. Uh, make sure to tune in Friday, uh, Friday, no Thursday, tomorrow, my show. <laughs> tune in tomorrow for the show uh, with me and Raj and Friday. And of course, Saturday, that does it for us. We'll see you. It's the road to the next show, I guess. <laughs>